Hey guys, welcome back to the Self-Confidence Project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill, and we're talking about all things life, confidence, relationships, what gets you up in the morning, what doesn't get you up in the morning. That's what we talk about in this podcast. I'm super glad you're here. If you're the first time tuning in, subscribe to my channel, hit the like button, spread the love, and uh, looking forward to getting into another amazing episode with you guys today. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project. And I'm excited today because I'm bringing on not only a great friend of mine, but a really amazing uh, high-performance catalyst coach. His name is Bruno. I'll let him pronounce his own last name because I'm definitely going to screw it up. Um, But Bruno, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you, Kimbo, to have me today. I'm so excited to be here and uh, have this conversation with you. Me too. I'm super, I'm really, really excited, actually. Like, I look forward to my podcast every week, uh, and I have this feeling that you and I have so much to cover. It's going to be hard to squish it all into one episode. I I probably foresee having you back on. Um, But guys, just so you know, Bruno, uh, he's going to introduce himself and tell a little bit about his story as well. But uh, not only is Bruno a mental health advocate, uh, he's a high-performance catalyst coach, uh, but he builds and rebuilds elite performers. So uh, his story kind of started with spending 15 years in the Canadian Armed Forces. He served two tours in Afghanistan. Um, and when he returned home, he realized that he had his own mental health uh, struggles. And so today we're kind of centralizing the conversation on this podcast about why seeking support and asking for help is more than okay. Uh, but Bruno, let's start off with you sharing uh, whatever feels relevant to you about your story and what's kind of landed you to where you are today. Oh, right on. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, I'm super happy to be here and for us to do this. And then you think what uh, what you said about, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to have enough time. It's always <laughs> the case when you and I start talking. Oh, so we'll, we'll try to stay on uh, on topic today and stay on target and, and try not to go down the, the rabbit hole here and there. But uh, uh, yeah, so my, my story is very... Um, it's not typical, but it's it's actually a very good story for for, for uh, guys and people that are struggling out there. Um, is that I had a you know kind of like a rough childhood, and I was raised by my mom by a single mom, uh, and then so I learned and you know all from the the woman's perspective and all these things, which actually got me to be a really really good listener. <laughs> <laughs> got me to be understand women's needs because I had to cater to my mom's needs and all these things and it it got me to do that but one thing that it did um, is that um, uh, you and I've talked this offline uh, before is uh, that for all my teenage years I was in the friend zone Mm-hmm. Um, right. So women would come to me and I would listen, I would rebuild them up. I would like empower them. I would like, Oh yeah, you're great. You're beautiful. you everything is great. But then they would turn around and go back and seek the masculine energy, which at the time was that, why are you going back to the bad guys out there or the bad boys or all these things, right? The guys with the cars and the thing and all that, when you know that there's a pattern that's being repeated here. And I, I really had some struggles with that. And lucky for me, I found my masculine energy within the military. That's what it did for me for 15 Mm. years. And it really kind of like, you know, uh, bonding with a good male role model and being there. And as you can see, I went from one extreme 
to the other, right? Where, you know, you can just think of the typical man that's in the military and, you know, it's got to, he's working out, he's pushing, he's, you know, he's got to think differently, he's got to do all these things. But what I did learn is my masculine energy was needed to be a well-balanced individual. Mm-hmm. And when I did um, start struggling, like you mentioned, with uh, mental health, with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it was a tough time because in the military at that time, it was still very stigmatized. Right. And when I went there, and and I'm going to be a little bit descriptive there so that we understand the thinking that goes on and when we can connect on that level, is that... I went to see the, the unit doc, and I was a part of, a, of the divers, uh, Navy divers and the, and the forces, and we had our own doc, and I went to see her the first time, and I said, hey, doc, I'm not sleeping well. Uh, something's different. Something is like, a, as you know me, Kim, is that I'm, I'm a big teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, though, I would go from zero to full anger in no time at all. Right. And that wasn't me. So that was the first symptoms I started to to notice. And then after that, a lot of self-talk, a lot of scenario creating in your head, a lot of making up stuff to kind of try to make sense of what's going on. Right. And And, uh, to make sense of what, how you were like feeling, but just couldn't put words to it. Exactly. right? Right. Because as, as men, when we're shown to grow up, you know, don't cry uh, I'll, I'll give you something to cry about or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, be seen, not heard, do these things. And you're supposed to be tough. And, you know, all those stuff, even though that was raised by my mom, that was still instilled in me at school. And, you know, with the interaction with the, the, the boys I used to play with that, you know, as a kid and all that. And in the military was even more reinforced of, you know, suffering silence is actually the model. Right. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. So, so is it okay? Because this is what I, I understand. Uh, that what's socially acceptable for men when it comes to showing emotion. One, you're allowed to cry if your team in the Super Bowl wins. You're allowed to cry if your team in the Super Bowl loses. And you're allowed to cry when your dog dies. But that's pretty much it. Would you agree with that? I, you, you're actually pretty much putting, you know, the, the, you're putting, yeah, you're the finger right on the pulse. It's exactly yeah. what it is, right? There's so many stereotypes out there. Uh, and especially as we said, I was going to go down another rabbit in today's society with everything that's going on. The thing is, is that, yes, you're absolutely correct. We were told to suffer in silence, right? You're supposed to stand up and do mm-hmm. these things. And, but it's, it's the biggest lie that's ever been put out there. Yeah. Um, because solid men, well-balanced men can communicate their needs and their wants, can communicate yeah. their pains, can communicate all these things. But what does that look like? Well, right? I'd, I'd be curious. So what do you think the, and I have, you know, some thoughts here myself, but what do you think are the negative manifestations of men that suffer in silence? What happens when you don't seek help or share what's going on for you? Well, if you don't have the right coping mechani- uh, mechanism or the, uh, the skills for that, you're going to turn to the absolutes, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm talking about drugs, alcohol, sex addiction, gambling, all of these things that provide a state change automatically. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, they look at addicts and they say, oh, these guys, they just want to get high and all these things. Actually, they're not. They're they're dealing with trauma. And what they're doing is that they're looking for certainty. 
when they're not using, when people are not using, so that's, we're bringing back to the mental health. When a man yeah. is struggling and he's at home and he's, he doesn't know how to convey his feelings, he doesn't even know how to ask himself what he wants and what he needs, and then he's supposed to be tough, at one point, the, the glass is going to overflow and it's going to start spilling out. And that's when you see job is not going well, right? Your work is not uh, as productive as before. Mm -hmm. It gets worse at home with your, your spouse or your partner or your kids. And then it starts falling apart. Then the internal dialogues gets even worse and darker. And it becomes this big monster with fangs and a lot of hair. And then you're like, I got to do something about this. Mm -hmm. And if we go and follow the role models of what our previous generation was at like, where it all comes from too, you know, you saw your dad drinking you yeah. saw your uncles drinking you saw men you know do, going gambling or going to the strip joint or doing something just to change the state i feel like nowadays we also see a negative manifestation where men are feeling uh like lonely and like isolating themselves as well so you're talking about how men can go right to the absolutes where like they're they're it's it's like drugs or alcohol or some kind of addiction that gets you into a different mental state but what about men that are suffering in silence so to speak and are that's manifesting in their lives is like they kind of like do the bare minimum they go to work and then they come home and then they actually sit at home and don't do anything and watch netflix and they feel awful have yeah. you know have you noticed that yeah, absolutely. I call those the 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 the, the people that check out. They just yeah. check out. They're just yeah. on the. They're basically on autopilot, and 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 they're going through the motions, but they're not engaged. Mm -hmm. They're they're just. This is what I got to do, and this is something that's a conversation. And I know that we're talking about men and everything, but the conversation is is think about it. How we are conditioned in the Western world. We're told go to school, get some great good grades then find a good job, find a good partner, get a house, get kids, and then you've made it. This is the whole purpose of life. Yeah. But most people get there by 30 and 40 now, and then they meet there. And that's where I, you know, when I work with men and, and, and stuff like that, is that they're there and they say, Bruno, on paper, every I should be happy, but I'm not. Yeah. That's that word. I should be, but I'm not. What's wrong? And then do you find that I find certainly with my male clients is that they're like looking inwards or blaming themselves or saying, I must have done something along the way, not right. Because if I've done everything that I think is correct by society standards, and I'm still feeling this way, it must be my fault. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Right. Your primary question every day that's running the story is what's wrong with me? Because yeah. I should be happy. Like, I got a nice house. I got a full bank account. I got all these things. Why am I feeling depressed? Why am I having these feelings that I shouldn't have? Mm -hmm. But my question to this when, I, when, when I'm working with my clients is that, according to who? Yeah. Who's, who's, who's making these rules? Who made these rules? And who's, who's policing that? <laughs> exactly. Is. Who's policing it? No, we, we feel that that's what's happening. That's the, just the external pressure. But actually, nobody really cares if you've accomplished all of those things. What people genuinely care about is, are you a good person? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, like the way that, uh, you know, there's a fear the two human fears are, are, I am not enough. And because I am not enough, I won't be loved. Yeah. Everybody wakes up in the morning to be valued and loved. Everybody, the 7 billion people that we are. How we achieve that is how we differ, right? Mm -hmm. Some people use it with power. Some people use it with love. Other people do it with servitude. Other people with doing it with money. You know, everybody's got a way of getting to that point, whatever that means for the way they were conditioned or um, raised. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that to understand that, 
for the men, we feel alone because when, once again, they condition us to suffer in silence, but they also told us the rules of being a man. You're the head of the family. You're supposed to keep people safe. You've got to go to work. You've got to bring money in. You've got to do these things. Nowhere in there does it say how to take care of yourself. Yeah, that I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like this concept of, we, we touched on it earlier, but like, what do you need and how can you be aware of that? And then how can you ask for that? Or if you're not asking someone for it, how can you give it to yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you want? What do you need? And how will we know that you have it? Yeah, I love it. The evidence that's always so important is to say like, okay, to figure out what you need. You need more affection. You need more quality time with someone. But how do you actually know that you're getting that? Like that's, that's something I challenge my clients all the time is it's great to list all the things we want and desire, but how would you actually know that that's now occurring for you? Right. Right, right. Because the minute that you ask um, a lot of people, especially men, once again, um, are never asked what do they want mm-hmm. or how are you feeling? And we'll just say fine because that's what everybody says. But Well, you know what fine stands for? <laughs> you got the acronym. Yes, say it. Freaked out, insane, neurotic, and emotional. Yes, is exactly what <laughs> it is. Especially when women say, I'm yeah. fine. No, honey, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, men do not walk away when she says that. <laughs> Oh, it's fun. Bruno, tell me, because I know, I mean, we're going back like quite a while now, but I want, I know that you went on this amazing expedition to the North Pole um, and that was quite transformational for you. It really spawned your personal quest to really advance in the field of mental health uh, awareness through the influence and exposure that you have. So can you tell whoever's listening today just a little bit about that experience and, and what that meant for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I, um, I had just opened my gym. We're talking about 2013, uh, 2014 here. And um, at the time, because I, I am old. I am old. <laughs> I, that's what my, my wife, who's a nurse, tells me. I suffer from OLD. Yes, I do. Old um, syndrome. Yeah, old <laughs> syndrome. So, um, so the thing is, is that I was running my gym and everything, but like I was getting involved into the, the, the veteran networks and helping people and doing that. And then somebody reached out to me and said, hey, there's an expedition to the North Pole for ill and injured veterans, and we would like for you to be on that expedition if you want to come. And I said, wow. Absolutely. Those are the kind of things that I love to do. No so um, let's, let's make it done. And, and then right at that time, the quote from Richard Branson jumped into my head says, if somebody offers you an opportunity, say yes and figure out how to do it later. Because yeah, yeah. I, I had just opened my gym and I was a one-man show at the time. Yeah, so most I, people would say, can't do it. It's not the right time. Don't have the money. Don't have this. A million excuses, right? Exactly. Right. Family this, family that. I just was recently divorced. So I was managing the 50-50, you know, uh, with my son and all this stuff. So there was a lot of reason why I couldn't have gone, but I decided this is what I need. I really need to do something like this. And the organization that took me up north was the True Patriot Love Foundation, which helps uh, military, military families uh, do the transitioning out. And um, I went to the North Pole and I met some amazing people. It was 53 of us. There was 12 ill and injured soldiers, men and women, uh, both with uh, injuries that were phys- uh, physical and uh, non-physical, invisible injuries like mm-hmm. myself. And uh, what was good is that the North is probably the most peaceful place on Earth. First of all, it's serene. Yeah. It's a noise vacuum because there's no trees, there's no airplanes, there's no cars, there's no bugs, there's no nothing. You can actually hear your feet, uh, the snow cracking underneath your feet, 
and you're self-breeding. This is how oh, quiet it is. I love it. So it was, it that was, could be scary though, because now you're alone with your thoughts. <laughs> well, that was the point. That's oh, okay. the whole point because right. I didn't bring any uh, electronics. I didn't do anything. I says, I'm going to work on my stuff. And uh, if you weren't walking with a partner and having a discussion about that, you were left to your own thoughts and nowhere to go for it. And mm -hmm. that's what I felt was the healing part of it because we left it all in the North Pole. And uh, it's because it kind of sorted itself out in my head of understanding who am I? Mm -hmm. Why am I here? Because the thing is, it's like we're, we've been talking since the beginning of this podcast is men are struggling. So I'm supposed to be this person. And now the military had created an identity of me of a guy who jumps out of plane, dives, dismantle bombs, does all these things. But now they told me you're, you're broken. So we don't need you anymore. So who am I? Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? What's my purpose? How am I going to take care of my son? How am I going to do all these things that men are supposed to do? And the expedition to the North Pole gave me that peace. So for a while, it sounds like you are allowing uh, an external force, i.e. the military, to determine who you were. Like someone else was giving you your identity. That's exactly what the military does, right? They yeah. need to condition you to go towards the bullet, not away from them. Right. And, and that needs a certain conditioning. The military uh, around the world are the best at conditioning people to do what needs to be done. And, but the one thing that they haven't gotten to is the reconditioning to uh, transition back to the civilian life. And that's where right. I come in and we, we help the vets with that. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that that was a really good expedition that got me started on understanding how human works. What's going on in our head and everything? It comes down to clarity and identity. Mm -hmm. and basically founding what does that mean to me because everybody's different right yeah. everybody's got a different way we, we're now talking you know now a lot of science has been coming out about neurodiversity not everybody's wired the same way it doesn't mean that you're not intelligent you're not smart or you don't have the ability to do something it's just that maybe you're doing it some uh, in a different way and mm -hmm. school work everything is pretty much blanket size as in this is how we train our people. If you don't fit within that, then you got to find something else to do. At school is like that, and in a work thing. Now it's changing a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, guys like Elon Musk and all these guys are saying, I'm, I don't even hire people from Harvard anymore. I, I, I hire people who's going to solve the problems. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, smart. I love yeah, it. And that's why it he's is. got a lot of money. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And, and, and once again, that's exactly what I did for mental health. Mm -hmm. So... I had an experience of going to psychiatrists, psychologists while I was still in the forces. By the way, the forces took really good care of me. So they really sent me there right away once I accepted the help and everything. And the thing is, is that um, I kind of found that sitting on a couch talking to someone who's just writing down notes or wasn't kind of like engaging with me or anything like that wasn't yeah. beneficial for me. And I said, okay, so what would be an understanding, you know, what it is that I... I personally want, what do I need and how will I know that I have it? How can I measure if this is the right thing and it's working for me? Mm -hmm. And that's when I went into the fitness part and coaching. And then I found that my coaching off the floor was even more powerful than on the floor. Yeah. And that's when I went and I did all my Tony Robbins training, my Erickson training. This is where we met. And then I went and did Ooh. my my neuro-linguistic programming, working on the, yeah. the master now and all these things. So basically, I just went and did a deep dive to understand me. Yeah. And in the same way, now I help others understand who they are.
So, so I, I mean, I know the answer to this, but I love asking this question because I, I get a lot of uh, male clients that have either spoken to psychiatrists or counselors before, and I am not on this podcast to knock that. That is an amazing field and we need it. And we need someone that can just listen to us and support us. Um, but I have a lot of clients that say, I've been seeing a counselor or a psychiatrist for a year uh, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's obviously why I am in the role that I'm in, right. To help coach people to move forward, because I imagine that action is really in our blood, right. We want to be able to do things, have it tangible, work through, solve our own problems and verbally ventilating and having someone there uh, to emotionally support us is one thing, but being able to actually feel empowered and be given the tools to take control of our own mental health, our own happiness, um, is really, really transformational. So tell me a little bit about like the biggest, and I know we're moving a little bit away from just the topic of men right now, because I know a lot of the coaching you do these days is really inspiring and getting results with teams and in businesses. So, so tell me just a little bit about where are you right now with all of that? With all of that? Oh, <laughs> wow. How do we impact this? So basically, um, actually, can, to, to make it really, really simple, yeah. I'm, I'm in the human software. Yeah. As in, I, this is what I'm calling my, my product, actually. It's human software. It's basically, I teach you how to get you to understand your software. Mm-hmm. Basically, your filters, what you went through, what does it mean, um, how can we access it, how can we change it, and all these things, and what does that mean, and do some reframes and, and get you moving forward. Yeah. Now, how does, what does that look like? Well, Listen, sometimes when I had, uh, when I have my clients, some are CEOs and then I work with the teams and all these things, the CEOs, they always come in because once again, uh, and I'm going to use men here, they come in and they join, you know, the, the company, they're probably in their fifties, sixties now. Um, you know, they've, they went to the company, they worked there for 30 years. They got the gold watch. They got these things. Once again, they also come up and say, Hey Bruno, like uh, I should be happy or I should do these things, but they come in as in. Uh, you know, I want to work on my numbers. I need to improve my team and I need to do these things and all that. And, and I go, well, okay, so why can't you do it right now? What's happening? What's in the way? Right. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, well, you know, it's a new generation and it's new, these things and all that. And I go, okay, that's fine. So it's always being approached as I have to work on their people. (laughs) Yeah. And I go, okay, so well, let's have a couple of chats here. Let's me elicit some stuff from you. And then find, find things, you know, is that the person itself, is struggling and yeah. at first they say oh my numbers my bottom line my this i want to reach performance, this performance the performance 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 which we all know peak performance is amazing but it's not sustainable yeah. optimal performance is what we're looking for mm-hmm. right and the thing is is that I, I i always play along because they go from there and i need to create that relationship with them but basically what it is is at the beginning it's all about performance but by session two three we're getting into the actual wheel of life. Like oh, what's, well, what's blocking them exactly, from right? performing optimally? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not connected to my wife and I'm not connected to my kids and all these things because I focused 30 years on getting to here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, now you're here. What? Now what? Well, it's like now- prioritizing like our career and our identity, right? Because yeah. attach our identity. It's prioritizing that above connection with others at times right not for everybody but it it sounds to happen a lot yeah 
Mm. Yeah, exactly. And then and then we find out that you know it's it's true. They they are at work, but their mind and soul are at home because things aren't going there. Yeah. Right. And so we work on that, and then they figure it out. Right. I yeah. I have a very good line of um, when 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 men are struggling with their wives. If you permit me to to share that with your audience, um, they they come up and 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 we look at from. You got to understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're caught in your story. Right. Everybody's got a story running. And when your story is running, you got to figure out which state you're in. Who's running this show right now? Which mm-hmm. identity is because we all have different identity and we can prove that. But the thing is, is that where are they coming from? And 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 I say to them, they said to me, oh, my wife, this and my kids, this and all that. And I'm like, OK, so your wife, you're having some hard times and all that. And they go, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with that part. And I, she's not doing this. She's not doing this. And I'm like, OK. Mm-hmm. So I said, what are you doing to improve that or to change or to fix that? A hundred percent. That's exactly right? a lot of the times what ends up happening with me is most people are coming to me because they're like, I feel like this isn't happening. I'm not getting the results I want. My ex was this, my wife is this. Uh, and then we end up looking at what their role is in it. Not to say we're blaming anybody, but to say, well, what, what are you doing about it? Because there's lots of things you can do. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, but they were treating the relationship or everything because they were so focused on driving the, the, the company or driving mm-hmm. the, the job or driving something that they're addressing. They've been addressing their family the same way. This is what I say that needs to be done. You got to do it and everything. But at a certain point, people grow up and they, they leave the house or, you know, the, the spouse finds somebody else and, or they're not connected and they want to do that. So I asked that first question, what are you doing? And sometimes I get crickets and sometimes I get, well, you know, I go to work and I pay the bills and I, I come home and I buy them stuff and all these things, which is a typical man response because we were taught that way. Right. Oh, totally. Taught to fulfill a specific role is what a what a good husband or good boyfriend actually looks like, which is very different from what women are wanting. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So we're we're doing all the right things. And I can't I can't understand why she's not happy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, she's not here to defend herself and get her side of the story, but that's okay. So what are you doing for it? And then they either crickets or they tell me a couple of things. And I said, okay, that's fine. So I said, but what's her love language? Mm hmm. And they go quality you know, time <laughs> probably is up there. Am I, am I guessing right? <laughs> so I go, what's her love language? And they go, what do you mean? Mm. What are love language? And I was like, right. I ah. said, that's not fair. But I said, there's a little book or there's a test you can do, or you got to find out and all these things and you figure out her love language. Cause I can tell you that me, when I read that book, it changed my life. Cause now I understood that I was words of affirmation and physical touch. So you love words of affirmation? Yes. And most men do. Well, let me just tell you how amazing you are. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) And and the thing is, is that I know that my wife, she's acts of services and lucky for me, physical touch as well. Right. Yeah. So when things aren't going, I make sure to do stuff for her, but also let her do stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Because 
We fill our own love tank. And at the same time, my wife tells me I'm awesome, I'm great. And then I also tell her she's awesome and beautiful and hot and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. So we're both filling our own love tank and filling each other's love tank. It's learning to speak each other's language, right? And that language could be nonverbal. It could be all sorts of different things. That's actually empowering. And I'll I'll leave a link in this podcast to uh, take the Gary Chapman Love Languages quiz, because if you haven't done it, you definitely should. It's been pretty life changing for me as well. So it is a life changer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So right? so tell me, I've got a, a question here. So given yeah. you've you've done the extremes, you've you've grown up with a single mom, you tapped into that kind of feminine side of you, got friend zone, then you went way to the other extreme, military, super masculine guy. I know that you're super well balanced. So tell the listeners why uh and how vulnerability has become a very big part of that for you. Oh, yes. Well, first of all, it it gets you to really connect with who you are. And the first steps that I did was that I really understood my needs Mm -hmm. and being honest with myself. That's the first step. Be honest with yourself, right? Because first of all, you need to elicit and reflect on what does that mean to me and what do I want? What do I need and how to measure it so that you can actually clearly communicate to your spouse, your partner, hey, I've done some thinking and I've done some stuff that these are the things that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many, obviously you and I are, you know, are constantly working on growth. There's so many, there's Esther Perel, there's Tony Robbins, there's the Gary Chapman, there's, you know, uh, men are from Venus, women of uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And we read <laughs> these stuff. But the thing is, is once again, it's understanding the one thing that I learned, uh, when going to relationship seminar and everything, when I was really trying to break the patterns, the default patterns that I had previously, was to understand to let's it's not 50 50 it's a hundred a hundred oh a relationship 100 percent. yes exactly it's a hundred a hundred and your needs are my needs Mm -hmm. so i'll you need to tell me what your needs are and let's let's do that so once again when i'm talking to the men and i was going there after i talk about the five love languages i ask them hey so let's say you want to get intimate with your wife how do you initiate that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and they'll say well you know uh they'll speak their own love language without even knowing well you know i'll tell her she's hot and grab her butt and before i leave for work and then i'll leave out and during the day i'll send her a couple of texts and hey uh, get ready i'm coming in hot and you know you get to the door and i said how many times what's the conversion rate on that (laughs) (laughs) right and she's hiding (laughs) (laughs) she left the house when she heard the car coming in or something (laughs) and i say and i said to them i said i bet you got kids and she's got a job and he goes yeah so she's got to take care of all that and then take care of you and i bet you want it right when you walk to the door and he goes yeah that's pretty much i said it, it never happens, right? And he goes, no. I said, if you want it on Friday, you got to start on Monday. If you keep that going all the oh, time. If you want it Friday, you got to start on Monday. I like that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? You got to start on Monday and make sure that all these things, once again, the love language is all these things. But here's my kicker, and I found out and I teach them, because men needs to be shown, not told. So I go with this one, and I hope it's okay with your listeners and everything. Yeah, everything I, is okay. Okay, so I say to them, this is my last step for them to realize it. I go, okay. I said, I know you want to be intimate, right? Because men are driven by sex. It's, it's one of those things. And I say, let's say your wife comes up to you on Friday and she says, baby, I really want to connect and spark things up. I'm ready for a threesome. Right? Boy, right? And then the guys go and they light up. Oh, Bruno, that would be so awesome. That would be like great. Yes, that's the right step. I said, okay, no problem. But it's another guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ooh, nope, probably not. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. 
Maybe. They, they go, they, no, most of them go, oh, no, absolutely not. And I go, yeah. right there. And I point at the screen or I point at them and I go, right there. And they go, what do you mean? I said, right now, I know that you don't care about her needs. You care about your needs. Mm. And they go, holy crap. And that's an extreme example for sure. That's an extreme example, but it's how I actually get to the core of it within five minutes of discussion. So that it's like a very, yeah, brash example of, oh yeah, you're right. I was just thinking of myself at that point. Right. Because yeah. since we started the discussion, right, he was telling me about what his wife wasn't doing, about everything that's going, he's talking about his needs. Yeah. He's talking okay. about all his needs. He's, he's me, 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 all my needs. And then I go, okay, what are you doing? See my question as I go along? I've given yeah. you my secret, but what are you doing for it? What's her love language? What are your things and all these things? And okay, let's play your game. You want to, you know, spice things up. She says yes, but it's the way she wants to spice things up. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Bam. Interesting. Well, because the, the real truth, and I talk about this a lot as well, is that when, like, why do we need sex? Is it because we have a need to be fulfilled, like a physical satisfaction, or because it creates a level of closeness and intimacy? One, that's kind of a question you need to ask yourself. And then if it is, oh, it's a physical need that I need met, and I'm just trying to get what I need, that actually women pick up on that because we are a little more intuitive. Our brains are designed that way. And we go, oh, man's coming at me and this is a needy energy like i'm out of here this doesn't feel good for me so it becomes a real like deterrent you just gave your listeners some some solid gold right there yeah. so i love it because we, we're talking about like you know men corporate executive ceos and they're wanting to perform at work but the reality is that's actually the performance has a lot more to do with how the rest of their life is going and and so and, and you're right about men don't want to be told they want to be shown so going back to like this overarching theme so why seeking support and asking for help is more than okay right is because if we actually want to be performing at our optimal level we actually have to be aware that getting support and help along the way is what is going to get us there. Right. right. It's exactly, you just, once again, hit it on the head. You didn't make to be, you didn't become a CEO or a high performer, or, you know, you didn't start your business and everything and running your business on your own. You got a team, mm -hmm. you got support, you got all these things, just transfer that over to your family life, to your own well being, to all these things. Right. Because, Here's the power quote, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. So if you're driving the whip over at work and you're driving the whip over at home and you're driving the whip everywhere, what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously things aren't working like that, but if you are a well-balanced individual and you are, you know, really looking and seeking help, I says, you know what? I want to be, that's how I actually get the guys to really step in and step mm -hmm. up to the plate is that, listen, are you a high performer? And they go, yeah. So I said, describe to me what a high performer is. Well, it's a well-balanced individual. He's finding the solutions. He's doing all these things. I said, okay, be a high performer, be a high performer in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And they get it. Yeah. They go, oh, I guess look, the truth is seeking health is actually a sign of strength because uh, we have to be uh, strong and confident enough to say, hey, there are a few things that we're not so good at or I'm not so good at and go and get support so that you can improve on that, right? Whereas a lot of people, men, women think, oh, if I get help, uh, I'm admitting to the world that I'm 
a weak individual and that's just gonna, you know, I don't want to tell anybody that. I'd rather hide and suffer in silence, right? Yeah, that's literally 1950s thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like if you find yourself struggling and you're going up that big river over in Egypt, denial, mm-hmm. right? And you're going up there and you're thinking, oh man, like I, I, I can't seek help. You seek help all the time for your business. Mm-hmm. You seek help all the time for your if you, you you hire trainers to make you look good, you you hire nutritionists, you hire why don't you seek help for your relationship? There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Actually, that shows strength. That shows that those are the quality of a high performer. Those well, are the quality I, I needed to because I had some just I wasn't doing it right and I couldn't figure out what it was and it didn't matter how many books or resources I consumed those books didn't whack me across the head and say actually this is your blind spot right (laughs) so and often we have this like a confirmation bias where when we think that there's something that's going on we will go seek the information to confirm that versus actually seeking like the opposite or opposing viewpoint which is often what a coach can help provide which is where you actually get that growth so uh, I believe in the power of investing in coaches it's probably where i spend the majority of my money these days but yes. uh, you gotta you gotta believe it to be it as well right so um, exactly and you're yeah. saying it right now kim and let's be transparent and 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 and, and walk in integrity we both have coaches we are coaches and i i go see even though my marriage is going real well we go see a counselor yeah. to stay on top of things Yes, it's but it's called being proactive versus reactive, right? Exactly. Don't wait for something to go wrong, but then fix it. Actively be working on um, making things better and communicating better all the time. And it's actually, it takes a lot of, uh, you know, where you spend your time shows what's important to you. Let's be real. Time is equal for all of us, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. I love it. Okay, so uh, as we wind down here, is there any last thoughts you have? And then, of course, I want to share with everyone where they can find you if they're interested in reaching out, having further conversation. But what is circling around in your mind? Because I can hear your pen clicking. So there's another thought there for sure. <laughs> there's, so, there's always too many. Actually, that's how that's how I keep the uh, the, the, the tangents away. <laughs> My ADD. Um, no, no. Basically. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that um, we're all human. And unfortunately, uh, we're lucky for us now that we have coaches, we have people like yourself that goes out there, does the research, does the thing for the people of, of every day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, does, that have seen the psychologists, the psychiatrists that do really good work, but sometimes that work is, needs more. It needs more interaction, needs more eliciting, needs more action, more planning, more of these things. That's what the coach will do. Uh, the thing is, is that f- for people is that look at the relationship. You, it's the most important thing second to your well, your own personal well-being and, yeah. and self-loving. Yeah. Because it's somebody witnessing your journey. Somebody witnessing the things you're going to make happen and you're going to do and the experience and all these things. But yet, once again, nobody gave us the owner's manual. No. Nobody did. And they all said, oh, you know what? Time will fix it, and it's normal. That's the biggest fallacy ever because most people say, oh, it will get better in time. But if you're not doing anything, then no, it's not going to. Sorry. Exactly. So if you are a high performer, seek the help, seek the coaching, Mm -hmm. read the books, go to the seminars, do the things like you would do for your business or any, um, any area where you excel at. 
yeah. and use the same principle that you excelled there for the ones that you need to bring back up. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, um, it's one of the things that I've been, I continue to strive for is to be a well-balanced individual. And I don't go for the Pinterest quotes of being a well-balanced person is so like all these things. I have <laughs> my definition, my own definition of what well-balanced person or well-balanced individual means to me, what I should be working on. When I work with my clients, I get, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we build it. They mm-hmm. build it. It's being intentional with your time as well, right? You get to choose how you want to spend it. So how you choose to spend it determines what's important to you. And that's okay. That's your choice, right? Absolutely. Because there's no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. No, life is not black or white. It ends up being somewhere in between. Often we're living in that gray zone, aren't we? Exactly. We've been told to either work at extremes or either or, right? Oh, I read something the other day by, uh, God, this really messed with my mind a little. I had to work through it on my own. What's the what's his freaking name? Rich dude. And it peeved me off so much that I forgot his name. Bill Gates. <laughs> I read some stupid quote that he said. And he's like, when you're starting a business, um, you should be sacrificing basically everything in your life except for the time needed to develop that business. And I went, ugh, I don't like that. Good for wow. you. You're super successful, but I'm like, I have one life. Is well, he really? I don't know. I mean, what is success? My yeah. definition of success, if uh, the listeners want to look at it, go uh, Google definition of success by Ra- Ralph Waldo Emerson. Oh, I love him. And, and it's well. basically says <laughs> if you if you've planted a garden, if you change your social cause, if one person's day was better because you existed that is to have reached success. Now, once again, everybody's definition of success is different. But you know what? We tend to listen to the people on TV and to the people that are not that. But listen, you see him and his wife. We don't know what their lives are. We don't know all these things and all that. And, you know, these guys are are geniuses, obviously. They're they're, they're successful at that point. But I'm going to tell you, they're probably an example. And I'm, I'm totally presupposing here. I'm making this up. But I'm pretty sure that this guy's only good at what he does there. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because look at his statement that you just read. You that's said, why I deleted the article. <laughs> of course. It, it makes no sense, right? And that, I was that's like, on- uh-uh, I'm calling my man and we're having a nice dinner. Because that's more important than sitting there stressing all night thinking I need to be working harder. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And actually, if you want to feel like a real man having a well-balanced life with a powerful relationship with your spouse and your partner and your kids and being there that's actually how you change things yeah yeah you're right because you start with how you present yourself to the world and then the influence and impact you can have on those that are closest to you and the ones you love the most so awesome bruno where can people find you if they want to continue the conversation i know you love chatting with people and they can reach out to you they can send you messages they can find out what you're up to and they can possibly consider working with you if that's of interest to them so what is the i know there's lots of ways people can find you and i'm going to put all the links in this podcast here but what's the the number one best way people can reach out to you you know what? Uh, I think that everybody uses Facebook pretty frequently here. I have a personal page there, and I also have a my personal account on there. Everything's open for anybody to reach out to me because of the work that I do. Uh, there's my website at brunoguvermont.com. 
Um, yeah, you can you can reach out on any of the social platforms, actually LinkedIn and all these things. If you guys are using that, uh, okay. you'll find me with my name. And uh, at any time, just yeah, anybody can drop a line and everything. Uh, I always say this to my clients and to the veterans or the people that I work with is that um, you can reach out at any time. Actually, you need to. Mm -hmm. And if you don't reach out when you're stuck, you're making a decision. Yeah, yeah, good point. Okay, what's your favorite method for people reaching out? I know you got all those options, but what are you checking the most? Uh, email is the best way. Yeah. So through the site, yeah, info at brunoguvermont.com is the best way. You send me an email, and then from then I can, you know, spend the time of reading it and, and going over it, and then from there we can we can start interacting and set up the Zoom meetings or whatever that needs to be done or a phone call or whatever that is. But uh, yeah, you, you know what? That's the best way. And, and, and Kim, like I said, man, we could go on for, for hours. I know, I know. I feel that energy. Like, I'm like, what else can we talk about? But let's let's do it again. Let's have you on and, and, and dissect a lot more because I know we went on a couple different rabbit holes here, but really at the end of the day, this is all about being honest, being vulnerable, having good conversations and why reaching out, asking for help is more than okay, no matter what you're yes. stuck with. It doesn't have to be to us. It can be to anybody else. But if this just inspires you to say, you know what, maybe now is the time to choose myself uh, and you want to seek support in whatever way makes the most sense to you, uh, we're both encouraging you to do that. So um, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Uh, look forward to bringing you guys another episode uh, next week uh, and you know where to find me. So feel free to reach out. Ciao. So guys, thanks for tuning in to that. Uh, it was a really fun episode to make with uh, Bruno. But of course, uh, if you are struggling when it comes to dating, if you are struggling when it comes to forming satisfying and happy relationships, then I'd like to invite you to book a complimentary conversation with me. You can find the link to do so in the podcast links here. Really what we're going to do is have a conversation around what is going on for you, what you are experiencing. We're going to talk about what you would really like to see. I'm going to find out whether or not that's something I can support you with. If it is, I'll invite you to work with me and we can start a relationship there. So if it's something that you've been thinking about and something you want to do, I'd like to personally invite you to have that call with me and you can find a time that's convenient for you in the calendar uh, link below that's in this podcast. So uh, don't be shy. Definitely reach out. It's always a free conversation regardless of whether we work together or not. You're certainly going to learn something on that call. So uh, definitely do that for yourself if it's something, if it's something you're considering. Uh, and of course, looking forward to bringing you another fresh podcast next week. Ciao.